What's up, everybody? My name is Jay. Welcome to Park Convos Podcast. This is our very first episode, the pilot episode of this season. Um, hopefully, I have multiple seasons, but the way my inconsistency works, I don't even know. Anyways, um, uh, this podcast has been a long time coming, like, this is long overdue. This episode is long overdue. I've had the name. I've had the art for it. I've had my anchor um, profile set up. And all I've been waiting for is for like a topic to hit me. Or even when I started recording a topic, it would sound good to me. And then like midway through it all, I'm just like, no, this sucks. As a first episode, this sucks. So, yeah, I've just been waiting and waiting. Like, you've asked all my closest friends, my sister. I've been telling them, like, dude, like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to talk about. And every single one of them gave me a topic. And then I even tried whatever they, like, suggested. And it still was not... My heart didn't like it, if if you will. <laughs> no, but... Uh, um. But recently... My sister-in-law, my husband's wife's sister, she um, she wanted to do a project on us. And then uh, we were supposed to meet up, but then, like, life happened. And she finally sent some questions over. And as, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this could totally, totally be a first episode. So that's why we're here. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But first thing first, why did I start this topic? I mean, why did I start this podcast? Honestly, just to talk, I talk about my personal opinion, my personal experience. And I feel because I sometimes I feel like or when you go on the Internet, like you just see like a lot of people have experienced what you've experienced. And but like they felt like they were alone. So hopefully one of my personal experiences or personal opinions, you know, touches someone's heart. But if it touches it in the wrong spot, like you get offended, that's your fault. Like I said, personal experience, personal opinions, they're mine, mine alone. And all you do is listen. But if you get offended by it, I don't know what to tell you. You're you're in the wrong spot. Go somewhere. So, yeah, that's Part Commons Podcast with Jay. That's me. And we're going to get started with these questions. So first, let's read the message that she sent us. Um, when did she send it to us? Or to me? My, she said it to my sisters and I. She sent it March 1st. She said, hey, so I'm taking an anthropology class and we're doing a project on setting different cultures and a way of life. And I wanted to do mine on specifically your sisters and you being a first generation woman in the U.S. I hear a lot of stories from your brother, but I'd rather hear from a female's perspective. And you're also mom, so you can even touch on what it's like being a mother and the differences of parenting style and stuff. And then she goes on to be modest. It's like, hey, you know, if you don't want to do it, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, we're going to do it. So that's today's topic, guys. We're gonna t- we're gonna learn more about me as a first generation Samoan woman in America, and I am a hundred percent Samoan. And she's right; I am a mom. I have three kids, thirteen, three, and one. So let's get on to these questions. Question number one: What does it mean to be a Samoan woman in America? Wow she really she really opened up with a really strong question um let's see what does it mean to be a Samoan woman in America to me 
Um, geez. Being a Samoan woman in America, I felt like it, it was still having to uphold our traditions and learning to carry ourselves the way our parents, ancestors, and families back home did, but here in America. Like, my dad would always preach to us about girls home at home, like, moving with grace, like, speaking with grace, um, being very active in church, active at home, being very hands-on when it comes to, like, the home life, like, cleaning, cooking. Excuse me. Um, like, her school. I don't know if that makes sense, but... I felt like being a Samoan woman in America, my dad was still trying to have us carry ourselves the way I'm parked in front of a school. Well, my husband's school. He works at a school. Still having to carry ourselves the way women in Samoa do, but, you know, a little more modernized. Like, we were... We never wore short clothes. Like, my dad would never let us out the house with short clothes. And it was impossible to ever go to school with, with short clothes because he was always present at every single, like, school shopping. He was always, like... And then we would come out and try the clothes on. And then if he saw it was, like, too short, he's like, yeah, no, we're taking that back. And it wasn't, like, anything against, like, people who dress their kids in short clothes. It's just the way women in our culture dressed. And how he wanted us to portray ourselves, like modest young child of god that's what that's that's uh, that's exactly what it was modest young children of god is what we were trying to pull off when we went to school and all that i mean we weren't like in long dresses or anything but it was like never anything like too skimpy or too short but nothing against those who did wear that like honestly my dad my parents weren't like judgmental like that but just being their children that's that's how they expected us to, to shop and um, they always volunteered us at church every time, you know, something needed cleaning up or somebody needed help with something or my aunts and uncles were moving and needed their house clean. Like they would we would be the first to be volunteered because there were so many of us, not because my kid I was like, oh, here, here's my kids, you know, use them. No, it was more like so like I have been blessed with this many children. Like here's like here's my daughters. They clean. They cook, you know, like how like have them carry some of the load my parents are pretty selfless when it comes to like people needing help they don't expect anything in return i hope that answers the question but yeah that was question number one what being a salmon woman in america to me means uh question number two what is salmon culture and what are some of your customs and things you guys actively practice in the u.s what is the salmon culture the Samoan culture, to put it in a nutshell, God is the center of everything and family's always first. That's that's pretty much the Samoan culture. You always find Samoans in a church, like surrounded by family, and that's that's what it is. And for us, church meant like an extended family. My parents came here with nothing and knew no one and so having to go to church it meant like having cousins and all that like 
I know everybody says like, oh, some all Samoans are related. No, not us. Like you will never find somebody with our last name. You will never. Um, I don't know. Like my husband. My husband, for example. His mom carries a last name that is just everybody. Everybody knows that last name. So when I, somebody somebody would come up to me like, oh, are you Samoan? I'd be like, yeah. Oh, what's your last name? Like I probably know your family. And I tell them, and they're like, huh? And they're like, oh, but my, 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 my husband's last name is this and this. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so-and-so's kids. That's so-and-so's kids. So going to church meant like having cousins and more family, more siblings than the ones that annoyed us at home that would always fight with us. But, yeah, that's the Samoan culture, family, God. And some of the things that we actively practice here in the u.s that they do in samoa i believe i oh what i don't even know it's not let me roll up my windows it's ghetto out there what are some things that we actively practice in the u.s I don't know. We'll put a pin in that. Because I honestly don't know. I have to think about it. Okay, so question number three. What are some of the hardest struggles you and your family had to go through? Hardest struggles my family and I had to go through. um, I believe it would be uh, my dad being the sole provider for us. My dad was the only provider for a family of nine. Seven kids, my mom, and him. And... When I tell you we struggled, I mean, like, we weren't actually kind of. Yeah, we struggled. It was hard trying to make a living when it was just one person working. My mom, she she didn't have papers. So every time we ask them the story about their papers, it always changes. So, you know, I don't even know the story about their papers. But somehow only my dad had papers. See, now it's hot. I have to remember what is that? But only my dad had papers and my mom didn't. So she was she was active at home. Like she she would take us to school, pick us up from school, have dinner ready, clean, all that. My dad, he was the breadwinner. He would go to work, come home, expect everything to be nice and orderly. And yeah. And then I think another thing we struggled with was well, I think I struggled with was uh, getting pregnant young. I got pregnant when I was 16. And as a Samoan, like getting pregnant at a young age, unmarried, that's kind of like frowned upon. So I honestly felt bad because you could just see my dad's heartbreak. Like I just, like I just said, like my, my dad wanted the best for us. He would, he would, he wanted us to walk and talk gracefully, you know, carry ourselves like young women, young children of God. And I went and got pregnant and it was like at the worst time in our lives to ever get pregnant. We we were living in a motel because my dad had just gotten laid off. Like that was that's when the economy was trash. I mean, it's not that great now, but it was so trash and I ended up getting pregnant at 16 and we were living in a motel, like all nine of us in a motel. And then I go and add a baby. So it was like the most selfish thing I've ever done. But I think what hurt the most was 
how I embarrassed my parents. Or I, I know my parents felt like some kind of embarrassment and shame. And they never really talk about it because they love my child now. Like, he's, he, they love him. But I could just feel it back then. People, like, judging them and telling, like, looking at them and, like, weird. Giving them weird looks because, like, wow, this guy didn't have no control over his daughter. Yeah, so I think we struggled a lot. I think I hear a lot of stories about people struggling in Samoa and um I felt like it wasn't any different for my parents here and sometimes I w- I wonder if they wish they would just stayed in the islands. Yeah, those are some of the struggles. All right, on to question number. I don't even know what question I'm on. Question number. Question number four. How and what is it like being a part of the Salmon Church and taking part in Salmon culture actively in the U.S.? Like I said in question number two, going to a church, going to church. Like I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even playing. Like we went to church actively, like as children. Because, you know, I mean, as adults now, my dad gives us a choice. But as kids, like, there was no choice. You got up every Sunday and you went to church. And every day they had choir practice. We were there. Every day they had, like, dance practice for, like, events that we were practicing for. We were there. Going there, it felt like having another family. It felt like having more siblings. I loved being active in church as a kid. But now, like... You hear about all the politics and all the all the stuff that adults talk about, like when they were having their meetings and kids were outside playing in the playground, and it's kind of like, damn, like I never seen this as a kid, and it really changes my view on on church. I don't know. I sometimes I get sad because, like, all I remember as a kid was loving church, and now, like, I'm not saying I strayed away from the church, but. I don't really go to church as much as I would like to. And it's because like we more we know more than what we did know as kids. We know the politics of it all. We know the the crookedness of it all. We know it's just a lot. Honestly, sometimes I feel like I'm just straying away from the damn question. How and what is it like being as part of Salmon Church and taking part in Salmon culture actively? So, yeah, I mean, we still show up for my parents at their church. We Like, we all go to different churches now. I was saying that out loud. It's kind of sad. But we all go to different churches now. But um, on certain events, we all end up in the same church at my parents' church. We don't go to the same church that we used to as kids. But um, my parents have a church now, like, that they go to actively. And, like, we'll go on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter... Easter's coming up, so we plan to go. And and then when they have, like, church fundraisers, like, we all show up. We all show up for my parents. And I know um, my dad wishes that we would all still go to church together. But every, I, it sucks. Everybody has their own lives now, so he doesn't try to push that on everybody. And plus, everybody works now. As kids, you didn't have to work. You just had to do what you were told. And then the second part of that question was... And taking part in Salmon culture actively in the U.S. How? 
how is it or what is it like taking part in the salmon culture i love taking part in the salmon culture actively in the u.s like um my best friend her mom has like a dance group it's called salmon matalasi and they they try to instill in the younger youth their culture like so that it doesn't die and then some people even have like salmon language classes where you can go learn the salmon language and i love that type of stuff like i would active i would put my kids in it like my daughter's one but as she gets a little older like i would want her to learn her culture through the dances through the language through the history through our history so i mean i love i love my culture i love being someone i i so proud i'm so proud no but yeah i'm gonna end everything with no but yeah that's that's the answer i don't i don't know why so on to the next question how does your family take the gay community and or trans community so gay or trans or you know those are called fafas fafas in our language or in our culture and honestly i think back in the day no one samoans were pretty like closed-minded when it came to them or him her she i don't want to offend anybody when it came to i'm not saying them like as an ew them i'm saying as in them as a a group like the gays and the trans um i don't think they were very liked back in the days because i've seen some youtube documentaries like i still look up youtube documentaries when it comes to my culture like i like hearing the singing i like hearing i like seeing the dances i like you know i like all that stuff but um i think i seen one not too long ago about the gay and the trans and how how ill they were treated back in the days but now uh i i feel like my parents just mind their business like if that's what you are, that's what you are. If that's what you ain't, that's what you ain't. But you don't pay my bills, so I don't care. That's pretty much my parents' um, point of view on things. Like, that's what you're into. Go ahead, have fun. But like I said, you're not, like, I don't know. Because we haven't had one. Of, like, we haven't had a, I don't know. I don't personally know a gay or trans, like, that I'm related to. I'm, I don't think so. But, um, yeah, my, my parents aren't really that, um, against it. They have no views on it, honestly. I think they're okay with it. Like, if that's what you want to do, do it. And, yeah, won't change our life. I get all awkward when like people just like pull up like this girl just pulled up and she just stared at me like, yes ma'am well you want to get in on this you're not Samoan anyways before I was brutally interrupted by an angry teenager um next question or did I answer that how does your family take the gay community and or trans community they just mind their business they're okay with it because like People live their lives the way they want to live. YOLO. Do you. 
Number six, in the U.S. and Western culture, most households are traditional homes, meaning the wife stays home and the husband works. How does this relate to Samoan culture and or is it viewed the same? Yes, it's viewed the same. Growing up, the stories my dad told about told us about the culture. My dad always told us about the culture. Like, he always told us stories. I don't know if they're just stories, you know. He's just like, he's trying to give us a bedtime story. But um, he always talked about back home. And I know how he misses it so much. My parents haven't been home since they came. And I feel so bad for them about that. But, um, yes, it is viewed the same. I believe um, women stay home, cook, clean, wash the kids, all that. And the men work. But nowadays, no. Like, my generation, my my siblings and I, no. Like, you're going to (laughs) clean. You stay home, you clean, you cook, you change a diaper. We do all that. We're, we this is a house with no gender roles you know you smell a shitty diaper change a shitty diaper you see a dirty kid wipe a dirty kid you see laundry do laundry and we all work it's it is too damn expensive to live that kind of lifestyle in the u.s right now honestly it is way too expensive so back then yeah my mom stayed home she took care of the house and then my dad went to work. But honestly, my mom always wanted to go to work. She she would go to, like, laundromats and ask them if they were hiring. And she would tell them, like, I can clean, you know. I can do this, this, and this. My heart always broke for my mom because I know she wanted to work because we needed more money. But she held it down at home for sure. Number seven, being racially profiled and dealing with racism in the U.S. as a universal thing. For almost all ethnicities, do you feel like being Samoan and especially being a Samoan woman, you've been subjected to certain societal views? I think I butchered that word, but um, I can't say that I've ever been racially profiled. But being Samoan, I believe I have been like labeled like people would take a look at me and be like, oh, she's a bully. Like, oh, she's me mugging. Oh, she's. She's so strong, yada, yada. I'm strong, yeah, but, I mean, I mind my business. People always thought that I was mean mugging and all that. No, most of the time I'm tired. Most of the time I'm not feeling it. I don't like getting out of bed and having to leave my pillow and my blanket. But a lot of people always assumed, as a kid, a lot of people always assumed that, like, oh, don't mess with her, you know, she's a fighter. But nobody has ever seen me fight. People be like, oh, don't mess with her. She, she'll she'll mess you. She'll fuck you up. No. I. Why would I want that? Why would I go out here and freaking look for that? Some people actually do because of their culture. Some people actually go out of their way because they're someone and try to bully people because of the, their body size. and not, not me, dude. I love my little corner. I love minding my own damn business. I love people leaving me alone. I like my space. So then when people would label me and stuff like that, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But, I mean, they left me alone. So I, that's kind of like a pro. All right. Number eight. We're on number eight. There's 12 of these. Number eight. To the best of your knowledge, when was the first time you thought you were being racially profiled? Like I said, I don't believe I've ever been racially profiled. Maybe because they assume I'm too damn scary. They look at me and think, oh, she's a linebacker. 
she she'll fight me but the first time i've ever been labeled was when i was like in elementary elementary kids were already saying like oh watch out she gonna fuck you up like don't mess with her she'll fight you yada 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 the only time i ever had to fight was because my parents gave me a a really crazy first name i'm not gonna share it but if you know you know that was the only time i've ever felt like i have to fight was because of my first name other than that i just got that label for no reason no reason at all i'm a child of god i'm nice number nine do you feel about some wait hold on do you feel Samoan women and Samoan men are viewed the same and have the same rights in your culture? Hell nah. No. I do not believe this. No. I feel like men are so babied. I well, sons. Uh, yeah. Sons. I don't know what it's like. My my dad. My dad, no, even then, because I felt like my dad had more of a say in things than my mom did. My mom was more so whatever he says goes. And then my dad was also like, whatever I say goes. My dad was like very much an alpha male. But nowadays, like men, the Salmon men are, oh my gosh, are they babied. They are so babied. They get away with everything. Women, women are expected to come home. They're expected to clean. They're expected to cook. They're expected to, you know, take care of the family. Yada, yada, yada. Growing up, we could never go anywhere. My sisters and I. Even as teenagers, well, maybe after having a kid, I, I can understand why they let me out. But even before that, like, we were never allowed to leave the house. Ever. We could go outside at the front door and just play a little. And then that was it but we always had to come back home but my brother my brother been running the street since he was like 10 riding his scooters with his little homies on the streets and then he would come home at night nobody would bat an eye and then my brothers did the same thing they were in high school they left they would go whenever they wanted come back whenever they wanted and i'm looking at my parents like um i'm literally 20 years old and you still tell me what time i call me and ask me what time i'm coming home like what Men have it really easy in our culture. Really, really easy. Well, I believe in the U.S. I haven't, you know, I haven't met a man from Samoa other than my dad and, like, all the older folks. And it sounds like, you know, it's not, they also don't have the same rights back on the islands. Like, men work, women stay home. Men work, women stay home. And they don't have a say. Men have all the say. So, yeah, no, we are not viewed the same. I feel like Samoan women, they they take care of theirs. And then there's the Samoan men who who try to find women to take care of theirs. <laughs> I'm not talking about my man, though. I'm not talking about my man. I'm just saying. <laughs> not my man. But some men that I know. Okay, I'm getting carried away on that question. I'm not talking about you, babe. For real, though. Um, Number 10. I just would like a little bit of a background on what it was like growing up for you being a first-generation someone. Growing up for us, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of expectations put on us by my dad. And I, I totally understand it. Like, you come from nothing. And I'm sure he came here trying to give his kids everything, like, everything he didn't have. So, I felt like he had so many expectations for us, like, 
he want he was talking about doctors and lawyers and judges and and even somebody going to the church in Samoa to or the school college in Samoa to become a reverend like he wanted a pastor he wanted he wanted a a doctor a surgeon a lawyer like at 8 years old that that w- that's what i was labeled like oh this is our family's future lawyer this is our family's future lawyer and i was just saying like huh what is a lawyer what is a lawyer and honestly i'm sure if we applied ourselves more we could have been whatever my dad had dreamt for us but because i mean we weren't poor poor but we were like we stretched every dollar sometimes we didn't go school shopping we would just take what we had from the year pre- like previous and only the kids that were growing who didn't fit any other stuff that's when they would go shopping we didn't we always we never expected anything honestly from my dad we didn't expect new clothes we didn't expect name brand stuff we didn't expect anything but what he expected of us i believe it was it was understandable because like i said he came from nothing him and my mom came from nothing and he came all the way over here to give his kids everything and the best thing he gave us was the opportunity to go to school i think in samoa i believe in samoa they have to pay to go to school they have to pay for the uniforms so he gave us the opportunity to go to school and to get free education and we didn't really take advantage of it but all of his dreams were like on our shoulders and some a lot of us just buckled under the expectations and the dreams that he placed on our shoulders and we kind of like didn't really go to the distance of being like a lawyer a teacher but i mean we're we're trying we're trying for more that's for sure like there's so much more we want to give our parents before you know god calls them home but like i said we're trying yeah damn that was a deep question all right question number 11 because of your guys age differences you grew up in different times of oppression and women's rights do you feel that when you were in high school or going to school, you were accepted by everyone or seen as a trophy? I feel like I was seen as a trophy. I felt like people looked at me and they wanted to be my friend just in case um, somebody was messing with them and they could just come call me and be like, hey, come fight this bitch for me. I don't know what in the world gave people the right to look at me and just put a fighter on my forehead like their pocket fighter like oh this girl's messing with me can you, can you go slap her like yeah so i feel like i've seen it as a trophy people just wanted to be my friends just to just to have people not fuck with them but then you know i had genuine friends i have genuine friends 
number 12 last one Here's our last question. As children of people who weren't born in the States, what are some things that you saw your parents have to struggle with that you didn't see maybe your other friends have to deal with? Let's see. Some things my parents had to struggle with was financial literacy, um, filling out school paperwork, bills, stability, Financial literacy for sure because when my dad started work and all that, like he had this belief in his mind that you just go and you just keep applying for credit cards. You just apply, apply, apply until you get approved. And then mm, I grow up and not even at 18 I knew that. I, I found that out like at 19 or I don't know. Was it later than that? I don't know. But. I found that out later in life. Like, you keep applying, you keep getting denied, your credit score goes down. Honestly, I don't understand the credit system. Like, if you apply and get denied, your credit score goes down. Like, how can I have a credit score then if I don't I don't have any credit? So how's it going down? And then you're not going to approve me. So how the hell am I supposed to build credit? Makes no damn sense. It's a whole scam. That's what it is. Off topic. But my parents, um, yeah, they never really understood financial literacy, um, school paperwork i live i i memorized all my siblings birthdays and my dad's social security because i found myself always filling out the school paperwork everybody's school paperwork emergency cards the lunch application everything i was filling it out and i hadn't i didn't mind doing it like for my parents I, i would do anything um yeah that's that's me as a Samoan woman in America. That's my life. Wow, some of those questions are really, really deep. But yeah, that's... Um, I'm going to keep saying, but yeah, that's kind of annoying. Uh, that is the first episode of Part Convo's podcast. If you guys have any um, po- any topics you want me to talk about that you like heard in those answers, like you want to know more about, you want me to you know, elaborate more on, Go ahead and comment. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Part Convos Podcast. Is that what it is? Now I have to go check. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys liked it. Yes, Parked Convos Podcast. Exactly as it sounds. Exactly how it's spelled in the dictionary. Parked Convos Podcast. So you can go there. Follow us. Um share it comment what else you would like to hear from me but yeah thanks for listening guys hope you guys all have a good day bye